Hello San Pedro Podcast, episode 21. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is the Hello San Pedro podcast. I am your host, Amanda Silva, and happy Valentine's Day. Um, Today is a very special day, not because I planned anything romantic, because I didn't, but just in general, it's one of those really beautiful days where we get to share our love for each other. Um, I do want to take this time to kind of talk about Valentine's Day and what it means. I know many people believe it to be just an overrated holiday that corporations now use to, um, you know, sell us overpriced things and overcharge for lots of stuff that we don't need. I completely agree. I think that there are some negative aspects to Valentine's Day, um, like, you know, putting pressure on perhaps young couples or couples that are not ready for this kind of display of love or putting pressure on couples to spend a lot of money when, you know, the finances need to be prioritized elsewhere. Um, there's definitely some negative aspects of um, to Valentine's Day. And I think we all can see that. I want to encourage everyone to kind of just be conscious of, of how you're how you're saying I love you to your partner and making sure it's getting through in the best, most purest way. Um, even if that does involve pricey things, like make sure it's the stuff that it's the stuff that you know that they'll appreciate. Um, some awesome things about Valentine's Day is yeah, like life kind of just goes on, you know, for example, me and my husband, we just had a, you know, our son a year ago and we have the routine with our kids and we really don't put ourselves first. We don't take the time, you know, to really say I, you know, prioritize ourselves in the way where we want to express how much we appreciate each other. Um, you know, we kind of joke like there's a baby between us all the time. <laughs> and um, that's very true most of the time. So it it's, you know, kind of nice to have a holiday to kind of force us to take advantage of the opportunity to say, hey, I love you. I respect you. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're my partner. So if you're one of those people who has been in those relationships where, you know, things have just gone on and on and on, it's become a cycle and mundane and there hasn't been a pause to just say thank you or I love you or I appreciate you to your partner, I want to encourage you to do that and, you know, do something out of the ordinary and sometimes it could just be like a note in their lunch or even just um, getting their favorite <laughs> their favorite dessert and it doesn't have to be chocolate covered you know strawberries or anything you don't have to pay an arm and a leg maybe like for me it's ice cream so I'm kind of have my fingers crossed for that FYI hubby <laughs> um, anyways I just wanted to share that and I really hope everyone has a wonderful day with their loved ones um, I, I do want to share some fun uh, suggestions that I got from our listeners so on Instagram I asked everybody to share all the great date spots in Pedro 
Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and list them out. Uh, Joelle Marie says garden church events. It's so pretty, especially at night with the string lights and the hanging lantern. They often have music or documentaries or storytelling events, and it's just nice, relaxed and a great atmosphere. By the way, we are going to talk about this in today's episode. So stay tuned. We'll hear a lot more about the garden church. Um, she also says off the vine has always been really nice for something casual and cozy. They have some taste, um, some tasty things on their kitchen menu and frequently change up their wines and have tastings and other events so thank you Joel marie um the next person natalie charlene hey girl i know this girl personally <laughs> um she says the coast duh i have to agree so if you're not from pedro or you're not familiar with kind of like our coastal streets uh there are some really beautiful places to drive around um especially in the day especially during sunset oh my gosh and there are some really beautiful places at night to park your car um there's like a lookout right kind of by the korean bell off of gaffey where you can just have a beautiful view of a lit up harbor and it's absolutely gorgeous not gonna lie my husband and i probably had a makeout session or two there before we got married um thanks girl definitely want to have you on the podcast soon um the chori man says anywhere as long as chorizo is involved I have to agree. Chorizo is probably like one of the best ways to start Valentine's Day. I think like a good chorizo burrito breakfast burrito. That's got to be like one of the most loving gestures of a partner is to bring them maybe like a breakfast burrito. Uh, totally agree. Um, my Persian kitchen says this week, I'm going to say live music at the grand annex. Um, that's a great suggestion. Uh, Thank you. I, I know this woman personally, too. She's awesome. Um, actually, I only know her through the podcast. She reached out. Uh, so this was the her comment was made last week. But I think the Grand Annex probably has their events listed somewhere. Um, and they probably have live music going on, you know, maybe on a weekly basis. I don't know. I'll have to find out. Uh, Jay Mac Bruin also commented off the Vine San Pedro. Um Ellie Soul said morning hike along Stargazer, then Ohas tea for tea. Yes. Okay. So I think that listeners, you know, when I said where's all the great date spots, I think they also might have heard what are the most romantic things to do in Pedro. And like these casual like hikes and walks and just grabbing a casual tea, I have to totally agree. These are some of the most romantic things you can do when, um, you know, when my husband and I first started dating, all I wanted to do was like go for a hike on the cliff side or go for a walk or go to my favorite coffee shop. Um, and that was, that was honestly my ideal date. So yes, Ellie Soul, totally agree. Just Us 310 says, Raffaello's Ristorante. I haven't been there, actually, but this sounds delicious. I'm, a, I'm a, Obviously, it's Italian, so you can't go wrong with Italian food on Valentine's Day. Ooh, okay. Bodega Raval. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Bodega Raval. I don't know how to say it. Um, they say, can't wait to have the opportunity to be on this list. Excited for all of you. Um and excited for St. Pedro, hashtag pint expose. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. It's a hashtag. Um, okay, this looks like a new up and coming business. Very cool. We're excited to we're excited to see what you're all about. Um, Army Linderborg, who was also a uh, 
episode guest. She said tailgating at Blowy Beach to watch the sunset. That's so funny. <laughs> pretty sure it's actually pronounced White Point Royal Palms Beach, but whatever. I'm pretty new to Pedro. You're so cute, Army. We totally don't mind. Um, yes, hanging out at um, Royal Palms uh, right there by White Point. I mean, that is probably one of the most romantic ways to watch a sunset go down. I mean, yes, if you bring all of your own stuff, bring your own wine bottle, bring your own food, like what a beautiful way and romantic way to spend an evening. Uh, let's see here. Um, Barber Pole Barber says, think prime. You know what? Yes, that um, restaurant definitely looks like it can handle like a really nice Valentine's Day dinner. Um, let's see. Epiphany 1972 says, Friendship Bell Park. Yes, I also agree. Um, so I'm assuming she's talking about the Korean Bell, um, and that overlooks the entire water, um, the whole like south side, um, and it looks overlooks Catalina. It's absolutely gorgeous. A beautiful way to spend Valentine's Day. Uh, Let me know. Pod said, "Sure, I like Landeria Linda and the White Point Reserve for a walk. I like Brewery West for a beer. I like Corner Store for a bite to eat. I like." wine and pickets at the trump okay pause for a second if you're not from here then you probably don't know why he mentioned trump but i'm sure he's talking about trump golf course um which is really close it's um just like up 25th street and you just keep going um so let's see here I like a car cruise along Paseo del Mar and nothing beats kicking it at home with oldie music and homemade cocktails or fine wine. Um, oh, okay. And it looks like he was pass passing on the message from Trinity CBC. Uh, and that's all. Yes, there are plenty of really romantic things to do in Pedro. You know what I'm surprised I didn't hear is I'm surprised I didn't hear fanfare fountains, um, which are the fountains right in front of the cruise terminal, uh, right underneath the bridge, kind of. Uh, those are That's probably one of my favorite spots to have a date night, um, especially if you're just walking all the way to, you know, like Sixth Street and going back. It's a beautiful walk and you're right there on the harbor. Um, I'm trying to think of some other really nice ways to spend um, Valentine's Day here, but I think this pretty much covers it. I know that there's some amazing restaurants in town, and I'm sorry if we didn't get to shout you out. Um, but yeah, if you can for Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day weekend, I want to encourage you to, you know, look in your own backyard and yeah, take a look, stay local, um, put money back into our local economy. There's a lot of really amazing, beautiful um, ways to spend your Valentine's Day here in San Pedro. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Okay, and now getting into um, the actual episode for today. I don't know why this happens, but for some reason on the holidays, even on a Valentine's Day, the, the topics seem to be a little bit more heavy hitting, um, but I'm totally okay with that. I, I, want, I want this um, podcast to bring, you know, to shed light on those topics that we really need to talk about. Um, today's guest is Rudy Caceres. He is an award-winning mental health advocate, public speaker and event producer. He has traveled the country delivering keynote presentations, worked with organizations such as the American Association of Suicidology, This Is My Brave, Mental Health America, 
and the National Alliance on Mental Illness. He's also hosted uh, various storytelling events at the Garden Church and the Warner Grand Theater. He was named one of the Mighty Mental Health's Heroes of 2017 and hosts a Facebook Live interview show for them every month. Rudy currently serves as a board member of the Coastal San Pedro Neighborhood Council and is their homelessness liaison. So, um, aside from the brief stint in the U.S. Army that he will totally share with us about, Rudy has proudly lived in Pedro his entire life. Um, I'm very honored to have Rudy on the show. He is also running for honorary mayor, um, so I'm really glad that I was able to sit down and talk with him. Um, heads up, he does talk about some serious issues and some mental health battles of his own and um, kind of his own mental health journey. So there are some um, there are some references to when he was feeling perhaps suicidal or depressed just want to give you guys a heads up um i'm so excited to share with you my um my chat with rudy caseras i hope you all enjoy all right so for today's episode i have a very special guest rudy caseras he is an award-winning mental health advocate public speaker and event producer and he has proudly lived here in the san pedro his entire life aside from a brief stint in the u.s army which i'm sure he'll tell us about um, thank you, Rudy, so much for, for joining us. I'm so glad that you were able to make it today. Well, I'm glad to be here because I get to finally be on the famous Hello San Pedro <laughs> podcast. Like, I've been knocking on your door long enough, like, getting into your Instagram DMs. Like, That's I need true. to be on this show because this is where it's at. You know what? I'm glad you were persistent because, honestly, a lot of people have been reaching out. I've been in touch. But unless someone is, like, very persistent, like, I get them in right away. And it's funny how that happens because I do have a list. And I want to make sure I get everybody I can, but that persistence does help. So I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, no, if, um, if you have a podcast I want to be on, it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, thank you for calling my podcast famous because um, that's pretty cool. That's a cool compliment. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. It's much deserved. You're off to a good start. Thank you. Well, I'm really glad to have you. And it's guests like you that I think is going to make this show relevant and important. Um, real quick before we get started, uh, I heard that you're going for honorary mayor. Yes, this is definitely the hardest thing. Like already, it's it's February. I don't know when this episode will come out, but we're going until um, June seventeenth is the last day to raise funds and to deposit the money into Malaga Bank. Mm -hmm. And this is already like really stressful. But I knew that I needed to take on something challenging like this because mm -hmm. if I just rest on my laurels, if I just take too much time off, then I'm just never gonna want to get the motivation to do something great like this for the community. That's awesome, that's really great. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to more of the candidates, more of the runner-ups because um, I just found out that the Tory man was also running and I didn't know that when we recorded our episode, but this is exciting, it's a cool thing to do. Like to be into right now. Um, well, we can talk more about that after. I really wanted to get into your story. Um, I'm very curious to hear everything you have to say and hear about your journey. So just talk to me. <laughs> yes, so yeah, Rudy Caceres, I'm 31 years old. Hopefully this episode will come out before I turn 32 in August. <laughs> it's actually gonna come out very soon, yeah. <laughs> um, and I've lived in San Pedro my entire life outside of a brief stint in the Army. I was actually in the Army for eight months, but I'm the youngest of four children, and I had a, always had a rough childhood, and it was very hard for me to 
uh, kind of like find meaning in my life. I always felt like I was a loser and like I would get bullied and called all these names. I had body image issues and get called fat. Um, so a healthy adulthood, that does not make. Um, one of the things that really, pretty much the only thing that really helped um, in school was doing theater and being the class clown. I loved being in front of an audience. I loved entertaining people because I went from this uh, shrinking violet to being someone that people like went to if they wanted to have a good time and to be entertained. And that can be exploited at times and certainly has, but I that's always what my intentions are whenever I do something is to perform. Mm -hmm whether it's performing in life, whether it's performing as a mental health advocate, performing as honorary mayor. For me, it's about putting on a good show that brings smiles and laughs to people. Well, just sitting with you here, I can, like your voice carries so well and you're so articulate. I can tell that you are, like I can see why you are a public speaker and you've been asked to speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm still waking up too, so there might be a little extra timber in That's my true. voice. That's true, it's early, <laughs> me too. But yeah, uh, I went to Santa Monica College for theater. In my eyes, I was gonna be like the next Jim Carrey or next Tom Cruise, all wrapped up in one. And I did not want to take failure. Um, that was not an option because I'd fail at so many other things. I failed at doing a podcast once. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kept pushing myself and I was doing play after play, musical after musical, but I was so afraid of going out and to do quote unquote real world and auditioning for movies and TVs. Uh, so I just ended up just going into the army because that's like the next logical <laughs> thing that you would do. And that was just a horrible experience from day one. This is like when I was 21, so 2009. Mm -hmm. I went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, and basic training from day one was just the worst experience. I couldn't oh, do man. anything right from working <clears throat> the radio to climbing the walls to uh, shooting the rifle, throwing the grenade. Um, it just it was a horrible experience. And plus, like, I'm not the toughest guy in the world. I'm not the most, like, hyper-masculine, aggressive, yeah, shoot things, blow stuff up, mm -hmm. America. Yeah. And so it was a hard experience. And so I would get bullied and called names. Like, it's the worst things in the world, even by my drill sergeant. Surprise, mm -hmm. surprise. Actually, a funny story is that I remember one day when I was in basic training, the uh, we were climbing the walls, uh, what you would call Jacob's Ladder. It's mm -hmm. pretty famous in the movie um, Full Metal Jacket because... Or pile or private pile, like he can't climb it, it takes him forever. Joe Sargent's calling him all these horrible names. So, you related to it a little bit, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, but like the my, my drill sergeant from my platoon was at the very top, kind of like guiding people over. He was like the cool drill sergeant because he hated being like the stereotypical drill sergeant who just yell at people. It's like really, really tear into people's like motivation and self esteem. He really wanted to lift people up. Mm -hmm. And so, I get there, he asked me, like, Oh, what high school did you go to? Because uh, Saris, and I said, San Pedro High School drill sergeant. You know what he told me? What? He said, you should have gone to Banning. Oh. <laughs> this is in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. That is the middle so of the woods. funny. Yeah, How did he, was, he even know? <laughs> he was from Carson. That is crazy. Yeah. and, what and a so, small world. Yeah, if it wasn't for him, because when I was ever like at the brink of just completely breaking down and mm -hmm. thinking like, I'm just going to end up taking my life, he would be there to to kind of like reassure me, like once you get out of here, you go on to uh, military intelligence, it, it'll be a much different world, you'll be okay. Um, and it wasn't, no, <laughs> it was different, but it still sucked. And I thought since it'd be more of an ac academic thing that it would be more of a level playing field, yeah. but 
like I was a horrible student in high school. Like I have an IQ of like 150 and like I was in the gifted classes, but I couldn't care less about doing well. I cared more about making people laugh and being the center of attention mm -hmm. because when I did focus on being like the the A student and the teacher's pet, like I would get made fun of. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's not a kind of good motivation for me. Right. So I started falling back behind in my studies and military intelligence school is no walk in the park. You basically have to learn like all these like million different um, symbols on maps and like different kinds of modifiers and what have you. And it's just like, they would like have this carrot, let's say like, well, I know this is all like very tedious, but like, Eventually, you'll get to see the top secret stuff, the stuff mm -hmm. you see on the movies, but we can't talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I really want to see this stuff. Like, I bet you have the UFO behind this curtain. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was like the one thing. Plus, I didn't want to fail again because right. I knew I would have to face my family. But day by day, week by week, the anxiety kept building up more and more and more. And I didn't really have anyone to talk to. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell people that I was suicidal, that mm -hmm. I was depressed, that I was just like on the verge of exploding because I didn't want to get reported and end up in the hospital. Yeah. But lo and behold, that's what happened one day in a dining facility. I just completely uh, froze up. I had a catatonic episode. I walked to the first person that I knew and told her, that I'm going to kill myself, I want to die, and then I froze. And basically had to be carted off, mm -hmm. like, fit, like lifted up, I could not move, could not talk. I've had these catatonic episodes before, I've had them since, and it's always a scary thing. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, I get taken to the emergency room. Um, and I don't like that. I don't like being treated like um, this, this crazy person, this dangerous person. Mm -hmm. And I was then taken to the psych ward for seven days. So going from that hardcore army lifestyle to basically being in like a low security prison, mm -hmm. it was just like horrible, horrible transition. And I made it back and then they told me like, yeah, you're done. Because if this was in the middle of a war zone and you froze up like this, you'd end up getting everyone killed. Yeah. And so I like to stress that intelligence is not an easy job because you give these intelligence reports to your commander and say like, sir, like uh, you look at the point at the map or whatever, and like mm -hmm. you can go down this road and use like these vehicles or these weapons, kick the door down in this building and everyone will be fine. Like you, it's be a walk in the park. And oftentimes, more times than people are comfortable admitting is that intelligence goes wrong, as we've seen many times in the Iraq war. Mm -hmm. So you give a bad intelligence report, people kick the door down, they all get shot up or the building blows up, or they get hit with an IED. That's something that lives, um, you, you can't really move on from that as an intelligence analyst. That's yeah. something that's always gonna stick with you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, it's not an easy job. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really can be very mentally taxing. Mm -hmm. So after I was discharged from the army, like I was just so embarrassed to go back to my family. I thought I'd come back this conquering hero. And that was sadly not the case, but I didn't want to tell anyone um, even my closest friends that I was discharged from the army because I had a mental breakdown, that I had a mental illness. And so I hit it. Didn't even tell my family when I got back. Wow, what did you tell them? I just said I had some kind of health condition and like, I remember like um, one person in my family thought I had like some STD or something like oh that. Oh my gosh. And like I didn't even like want to just, just believe what you want to believe, I'm not talking about this. And in my mind, I was going to go back into the army, I was going to go get a different job, and everything would be fine. I would stay in shape, and then day by day, week by week, month by month, 
that was not the case. I remember the closest I ever come to taking my life was on Christmas Day of that year. And I, I remember I was like on the phone with one of my friends, uh, he was in a different state, and saying like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna kill myself, I'm gonna kill myself. And thankfully, I was, <laughs> I was saved for some reason that night. Like how I didn't die that night is just, I, it, it's, I don't know, like, I don't wanna use the word miracle mm -hmm. because like it is what it is, but I still felt like a failure even after that night because it's not like, like the the clouds parted and like some like new opportunity. It took a long time for me to find my footing, and it wasn't until I started sharing my story, my mental health story, to first um, at LA Harvard College. I was president of the Active Minds chapter, despite being a horrible leader, not having really any leadership experience. I remember getting my first real manic episode mm -hmm. while in the army. I was looking at one of my emails to my therapist at LA Harvard College very recently. It's like, oh my God, I thought like I was like the second coming. I thought like I was the greatest thing in the world and like I felt like everyone there was trying to hold me back, trying to call me sick. And I thought that I was the only one who wasn't sick, mm -hmm. that they're sick. I tell you that I'm not sick. You're sick. Mm -hmm. And I had a breakdown in the middle of all that. I was hospitalized two more times. One time in in the actual um, um, theater, taken out in front of my peers while we're um, rehearsing from a play, and then taken to emergency room. Have to pick, be picked up by my family. Mm -hmm. They're probably thinking like, this is just another episode of Rudy. He's right. never going to get his life together. He's just a ticking time bomb. We might as well start planning the funeral for him. He blows his brains out or something. Oh goodness, yeah. And but I kept at it. I knew that there was something to this because I I stepped away from theater around that time because I. My brain was mush. I couldn't memorize lines. I couldn't make commitments. I couldn't make rehearsals. But I loved still being in front of the audience. So I transitioned to public speaking by first working with the National Alliance of Mental Illness, then um, breaking off. My first real big break was working um, with this person named Amy Bull. Mm -hmm. She was the founder of the Semicolon Project. Uh, if you've ever seen the semicolon tattoo on people's wrists. I've actually seen it and kind of heard about it a little bit, but can you tell us more? So the thing about semicolon is, is that instead of a period where it's a hard stop, the semicolon continues, so it's for people to show like outwardly to the world is that I, I survived, like I'm still living and life is worth living and so on and so forth. And this was like Suicide Prevention Week 2016. She flew me out to uh, Quincy, Illinois, like like the one of like the smallest like Mayberry type towns, but okay. they had a string of suicides in the high school, mm -hmm. and so they want to have like this big wellness week and get um, famous speakers involved. So they flew her out, and like she said, like oh my original partner canceled on me at the last minute. Do you want to join? Because we were like connected on Facebook. And I was like okay, <laughs> sure. I remember like jumping up for joy and everything, but I had to like like share some really dark times in my life and like while I'm doing that there are people like high school kids that are just like they just lost their best friend they just lost their brother or their sister and it's just a very humbling experience that was like really the first time where it's like you know maybe it's not so much about me telling my story as like a vanity project or like look feel sorry for me or like look how inspirational I am it's more about my story as a conduit for other people to share their story. Mm -hmm. um, and sadly, Amy Bull took her own life about a year later. Oh. And that was that was a real learning experience because I realized that 
just because you have like this public presence and that you're a big time mental health advocate, you're making all this money, people want to fly you across the country to speak, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking care of your own mental health. Mm -hmm. That any one of us, these quote unquote mental health advocates, mm -hmm. like we could be end up like that if we don't check ourselves, if we don't check in with each other. So that's why I'm proud to be a part of the mental health advocacy online community. And I get to go to conferences, we get to hang out with each other. Like these conferences, like people think that they're the most boring things in the world. But for me, this is like these are like re reunions and like I love conferences. Like I don't care what kind of conference it is. I love them too. Yeah. I, I, I can see like, yeah, I, I kind of relate to you a lot, not necessarily with the mental health, but just because I enjoyed being in front of people and talking to people, didn't care too much about my grades. But I'm really glad that you're opening up about like your journey and your mental health journey and some of the hardships, because I think, I think this is completely relevant. I think that there's a lot of people within our own lives who don't want to voice it, like you said. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you were younger, you said you didn't want to like tell anybody, right? And yeah, because there's that there's that word crazy. People think that like yeah. you're violent or mm -hmm. you're lazy, blah blah blah. And like I'm living proof, and not just me, many many others. Mm -hmm. And the more stories like that that we can put out, that just because you have this quote unquote mental illness, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you're a bad person, that you're a violent person, crazy, blah blah blah. You can. You can do so many things, things that other people can't. Mm -hmm. Because if I was like still doing theater, like I'd probably just be still like doing like shitty plays. Like so, I don't know if I can cuss, but like <laughs> under like Chinese restaurants, which uh -huh. is, like I have done before. Uh -huh. And I, I just, I'm so glad this is like opportunity after opportunity from sharing my story, my story, and like I said, using that as a conduit for other people to come out. And now I'm doing storytelling events where. I could just take a back seat. Yeah. I could provide a platform for others mm -hmm. and do like the bare minimum as far as like making it about like me, me, me. No, that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit because um, I feel like we kind of kind of went over it really quickly. But you mentioned that you had a rough childhood um, and you had four brothers and sisters, right? Or you were one of four. Yeah, I have two brothers, one sister. Okay. So um, what exactly in those early years do you think made it? kind of rough and kind of set you up on this this path the, pretty much the first memory I had as a kid I think it was three and I was playing house or I guess my my brothers and sister were playing house and they didn't want me to join because like they thought I was too young and didn't know what I was doing and mm -hmm. like ruining their fun mm -hmm. and that was like the f first time that I felt secluded that I wasn't like part of the gang and a running theme throughout my life, unfortunately, is not feeling like I'm part of a team, whether it's sports, uh, whether it's the army, whether it's theater, whether it's like being a mental health advocate. Mm -hmm. I still have that insecurity mm -hmm. that I'm not on a level playing field with others and I have to overcompensate in order to really prove myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I understand that. Are you the third or? I, I'm the fourth. You're the fourth? You were the youngest? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I know that um, they always say that there's, usually it's with the middle child that they're a little bit like in the middle and th they don't feel like they get the attention of either the oldest or the youngest. And I can see that being true for, you know, some people that I know. I was just wondering if that was kind of the case here. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, my both my 
mother and father who were in and out of prison during my childhood and like I don't really talk to either anymore so it's it was just like a feeling of abandonment and I've had mentors throughout my life that have abandoned me as well whether it's intentional or not it's just you feel like oh my god like there's nothing to hold on to there's no one where like I can really say you're my person and thankfully I'm married now and I have that person in my life that rock that is just like I'm confident it's got my back but man that has just uh, been such a detriment in my life and I've made the best of it to try to like overcome that adversity but that's amazing still thinking about it it really it it can choke me up at times no I I believe that and I and now as um I'm now that I have a child I'm starting to be a little bit more conscious of these things you know and um I'm you know hearing stories about other people or just you know even what's going on with the U.S. and how we're separating families from their kids and you know I feel like just taking away that security blanket which has been their parents you know um, it, it, it's just made me think a lot about my own motherhood and, and how I'm going to raise my kid, you know, and um, if we have more. And I'm always considerate of my stepchild, too, because she's she, I want her to feel as much as part of the family, you know, even yeah. though I wasn't always in her life. I want her to feel as much in the family as, you know, my son who was born into it. Right. Yeah. So that's just, um, yeah, that's just some things I've been conscious of. So I'm glad we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I, I, where people are shy or hesitant or just outright defensive about talking about some of the more sensitive um, subject matter in their life and events in their life, like I... I feel so liberated by it. I can get it out. I mean, this like talking to you. This is almost therapeutic. Like as much as like I've shared my story and like get jaded at times. Like I still, this is what I'm meant to do as far as getting the word out about mental health Mm -hmm. and really helping push the conversation forward. Because it's not so much about like, oh, let's bring awareness. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. It's about like, what are we doing now as far as human rights? What are we doing about like making sure that we're not discriminated against and all these bad things seen as violent? It's about like really making sure that we have not only the same civil rights as everyone else, but having the respect and appreciation for what we bring to the table. Yeah, I think that has so much to do with awareness too. And I think that it's people like you who are going to make that change, who are going to push it forward. Because um, people who don't have, who haven't suffered with any type of mental illness or any kind of mental disorders or haven't had anyone in their lives with the with these issues, we there's, there's just no, they don't relate at all, you know? And so there's this like um, discrimination automatically just because they're unaware and, you know, ignorant of what's going on. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you for anybody listening who might be struggling with this, what is some advice that you have to give? Um, first off, if your friends or your family are not getting it or are hostile towards you, there's a lot of emotional abuse that goes on just mm-hmm. because there's so much ignorance. Mm-hmm. There is people out there who do get it. So mm-hmm. whether it's finding a group in um, quote-unquote real life or online that's where I had to find my people on Facebook on Instagram and like all the other online platforms that people talk so much uh, bad things about that I had to go out and find my people where I I can just be myself talk about all the things that I used to get made fun of for talking about and so just know that just know that if people around you don't get it that you have this wide world online 
and to connect with. And mm -hmm. it can just be in private Facebook groups, mm -hmm. it can be just uh, on message boards, you can be anonymous, but there is hope beyond, say, San Pedro, mm -hmm. because there's, like, there's, I can count the number of mental health advocates on one hand in San Pedro. Actually, if I had, like, three fingers, I could probably count all of them. <laughs> so, just, I mean, it's, it's increasing. More and more people are open about talking about it. And the thing is, you don't have to be a public speaker or writer or podcaster to be a mental health mm -hmm. advocate. It starts with just sharing, mm -hmm. okay? Whether that's uh, in your church, in your school, uh, within a meetup group, mm -hmm. it starts with that. And I try to stress that to people, like, all the time, parents will come up to me and like, oh, my son or daughter, like, they don't know how to get help. They're just, like, completely hopeless. How do I get them to be like you? And it's like, no. I'm like That was like, my, my second question was for people listening who have kids who are struggling with this right now, you know, either suicide or just having a low energy and not wanting to do anything, you know, what, what advice do you have to give for those parents? I think a major part that, a um, major factor that plays in um, what we call mental illness, emotional distress, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, is a feeling of not being able to live the life on that you want to live, mm -hmm. whether it's pressure from family or from society. Um, if we were more accommodating, we're so like we're getting much better. We're not quite there yet of accommodating people with other disabilities, such as uh, um, ramps for people in wheelchairs, subtitles for movies, and all these mm -hmm. other things. But as for people who are hearing voices or deal with bipolarity, depression, anxiety, we tend to see that as a character flaw or something that needs to be cured. But if we can become more accommodating, and it's not really a disability, if you have all these accommodations, um, just so someone who has all the accommodations who is blind and like has better like senses than other people and other um, facets, mm -hmm. then it's like, is that person really disabled? Like they're still able to do all the things and more that other people are. They mm -hmm. just do it in a different way. Completely different way, right. Something that we're not used to. Everybody yeah. else isn't used to. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I want that to be towards everyone. I don't want, I, I hope my my goal in the long time future, maybe it's long after I'm dead or I'm a cyborg or something like that, <laughs> is that we get past this whole disability stigma. model. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, past stigma, past disability, past mental illness, we're just people, we just experience the world in different ways. And for me, it's not about curing mental illness. It's not about curing disabilities. It's about people wanting to live the lives that they want to live. And when you have that agency, when you have that self-determination, mm -hmm. then that's that's huge. That's that, that's like people like, wait, I can hear voices and still like be productive and still live a quality life. I could still be at peace with my depression, with my anxiety and use that to an advantage. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the utopia I want to live in. Right, right. So for parents who have kids who are experiencing this is just to be more accommodating, to listen, to maybe give them access to the, the different platforms that they want access yeah, to. Yeah, because like if you're if you're a parent and I'm not a parent, so well what do I know? But there's a tendency to kind of like direct your son or daughter into a direction that you feel like is the safe for a success, whether it's mm -hmm. like uh, going on to college, getting a master's, blah, 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 or becoming, a, becoming like a doctor or a lawyer, or like all these like traditional, like what we call successful lives. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, that's not for everyone. Right. 
that's that that sadly like those are the things that like bring in the most money or have the most security but when you try to funnel people down such a narrow path to success you like so many people including myself like i never got my degree just because it's just like there's not the accommodations that I needed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, not a, I'm not a stupid person. Like I'm not like, I don't have, like, I'm very, very intelligent not to toot my own horn, but. Um, well, you shared with us, like your IQ, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. and like, I, I know IQ is not everything. And, 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 there's, and there's problems with IQ that I could probably like do an entire inter interview about, but it's like, we're, we're doing ourselves as a service as a society, as a, as a, as a, as a species, when like we have such a narrow road to success and so many people get left on the wayside. Those are the people who are like are homeless. Those are the people who are in the hospitals and yes. like just. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I, I can see why this message is needed to be heard here locally because, um, I mean, obviously on a grand, it needs to be on the grand scale too, like nationally and everything but what I want to do with this podcast is be like okay I can't fix the whole country but I can I can work on my town I can work on my own backyard you know and um, I think what what we see here especially with our homeless community we are gonna just need to be a little bit more accommodating like you said and um, I'm really glad that you're you're spreading this word so um, I think this is a good time for a break and then we'll when we get back we'll talk about everything that you're working on right now well thank you mm-hmm Hey guys, fun fact, did you know that Badfish was the official carrier of all 3 Fish merchandise? Find the 3 Fish shirts and other Pedro-inspired apparel at their store on 6th Street between Mesa and Center in downtown San Pedro, or visit them at their website, badfishclothing.com. Listeners of the podcast get an extra 10% off their purchase when they use promo code HELLOSP at checkout, online or in stores. Thanks, Badfish! All right, so Rudy, tell us about what you're doing now. What are you working on? What do you do? So, I mean, I, I'm up to a couple of things. Like I'm, like you mentioned in the beginning, I do events, mm -hmm. and my first event was called the Suicide Prevention Healing Ceremony, and that was at the Garden Church on Sixth Street, downtown San Pedro, um, across the street from the Juan Grand Theater, and. I was so scared because I put it out there into the universe that I'm going to do an event about suicide prevention in September of 2017. And lo and behold, the Garden Church, the pastor at the time, um, Reverend Anna at Wolfenden, had said, like, you can use our space. And I was like, okay, because I, I, I originally had imagined it being somewhere along the coast just because that's where so many people um, jump off and take their lives. Yes. I mean, it happens regularly. It still happens and will continue happening. And we see those signs as we walk, you know, walk our dogs or go to the park, you know, the number to call, like, not to jump. <laughs> yeah, and I, I appreciate uh, George Palacio for putting those up there as well. Oh, and great. putting the number for the suicide prevention um, lifeline. Mm -hmm. That's... That's a start. Uh, I mean, but suicide prevention, like how we should focus long before someone's on the cliff, is a whole nother story and a whole nother interview. Mm -hmm. But lo and behold, it was a success and it made me motivated to do more. I remember the night of, where it's like, oh my God, this actually worked. Like people were actually coming and sharing their stories. Like the first person who shared their story about her suicide loss, like I had never met her before. She came and just, just was like the most heartbreaking story in the world. Mm. People that I, in my community, that I didn't even know were affected mm. by suicide. Like everyone in there was. And it's like, 
people were coming out to me. It's like, I, I've never told anyone this, but like I've attempted suicide or I lost someone. I'm just, I'm not quite there yet to share. And afterwards I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is way too hard. This mm -hmm. is way too stressful. And four or five shows later, like I just kept doing this like different themes. So the second one was about heartbreak. The third one was about summertime because it was the Sunday before the first day of summer. Mm -hmm. And then I did one recently holidays because um, a lot of people are lonely, especially me. Yeah. Um, and that's that was a great way to have another storytelling event that was somehow still tied into mental health because I, I don't try not to make these like mental health events where people like are sharing their story of like diagnoses and medications and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But mental health can affect people, it affects everyone. But not everyone is comfortable using the same language. Mm -hmm. So when you make an event about healing and loss, then that just, it's, it's broad enough where people can share their, their mental health stories without using the terminology mm -hmm. that we're so accustomed to. I like right. people, giving that people freedom. And I produced a show called This Is My Brave at the Warner Grand Theater. I don't know why I'm pointing at something because you can't see <laughs> well, it. Well, I can listening. see it, yeah. <laughs> and that was a huge He's thing. He's pointing at the Warner Grand Theater. <laughs> yeah, This Is My Brave is a national nonprofit where uh, people with their their lived experience, mental illness, share their stories in different ways, whether it's poetry, whether it's performance art, dance, uh, music. And that was, up until now, the hardest thing I've ever done because it involved casting, it involved rehearsals, securing the Wanted Grand Theater, doing publicity, getting sponsors, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, I am never doing anything like this again. Um, the, the one great thing that came out of that is I actually, uh, my now wife uh, was in that show sharing her story. Of, uh, she has bipolar, she also has OCD, and she's autistic. And that was amazing. Um, she actually, uh, when I first made plans to do the show, she was living in Boston at the time. Mm -hmm. And I visited Boston and we became like a long distance thing. But that didn't last long because she eventually moved here and things kept uh happened rapidly and it was like the greatest thing in the world it was like I've had long distance relationships in the past and they've like completely failed and this one worked and so I proposed to her at the end of the show this is my break for the Warner Grand Theater in front mm -hmm. of everyone and she said yes two weeks later oh my goodness. we get married in the garden church it's the first real wedding at the garden church wow and so it all everything keeps coming back to the garden church and the amazing things that they do and i want to stress like i have such a, a checkered past with religion like i had one time i wanted to be a catholic priest i thought i'd be the next pope the cool pope <laughs> and that did not happen and so it took me for a while to kind of let my guard down and like really appreciate what the garden church is doing that's not about like preaching it's not about like judging and all that stuff it's really about being a community space mm -hmm. so they have a nonprofit there that's a, a secular nonprofit um completely separate from the garden church called feed and be fed yeah, I want to hear more about that. That's, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, so Feed and Be Fed is, I got my cheat sheet right in front of me. Okay, but, <laughs> go for it. Um, it's an urban no, garden. No one can see you're reading it. Yeah, no, it's an urban <laughs> garden. And like so, and they have like uh, a gar open garden hours where people can uh, either plant stuff or harvest stuff that's already there and help mm -hmm. grow and like learn how to garden, grow your own food. It's so important. Learn how to compost. I need to go. I need to go and be there because that's exactly what I, I want to learn. We, we, you could do like a, a show recording there someday. Yeah. But they also have like uh, documentary screenings uh, and um, 
summer and fall and they like filmmakers come there as well and like give lessons it's an amazing resource mm-hmm. and so when i decided to run for san pedro honorary mayor something that i was like going back and forth all the way up until uh late december I'm like am i really going to do this because it's a long process it's like going to be 10 times harder than anything else i've ever done mm-hmm. so then like i'm going to involve like run, uh, raising tens of thousands of dollars but i actually want to to win um and it's just i remember uh, i was at the orientation and like all the other candidates are there um and they're they're all talking about all the events they're doing and and like i'm thinking to my head like oh my god like i i should not even think about winning like if i raise like a thousand dollars that's a success and my wife is my campaign manager said like i'm not worried at all like this is this is gonna be simple. We're gonna win. And I'm like, are you sure? I like, love your wife. Like, I, yeah, it's like I don't like I. You know who has the most confidence in the world? That is like the most audacious confidence ever. Or like third party candidates for president. It's like <laughs> like like these like Ron Pauls and stuff like yeah. that. There's like I'm gonna win president. It's like dude, like you're you're lucky if you get like ten votes. Like, <laughs> and so. And in many ways, I am the underdog, but bring it on because that's been my life story about saying. No, just because everyone thinks that I can't do this, I'm going to work 10 times harder than anyone else and prove them wrong and come out on top. And yes, like there's no such thing as winners and losers in this campaign because everyone who raises money, that money still gets funneled back mm-hmm. to their charity. So it's not like if you don't win, like this, the money just goes, disappears into the vapor. You have to give it all back, thankfully. <laughs> So that's that would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But so I'm raising money for Feed and Be Fed Farm, but also Animals Rural Rescue, which is a great organization. They do pet adoption events. I was there yesterday, Saturday. They do it every Saturday at Creative Pet Supply at Harbor Boulevard. And they also have programs for assisting families with pet food and vet assistance. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because like, I've, I've been extremely low income at times and like I couldn't afford a dog and even like a rescuing a dog yeah. that's still expensive or just like veterinary bills I mean those are so expensive it's just um, it's the same and not everybody has the means to do that you know but like they can be also so therapeutic having a dog oh, yes. in your life it just Absolutely. can make so much difference especially if you're living alone like I was afraid to have a dog when I was living alone because I thought like I would abandon it or not take care of it and stuff mm-hmm. so um, but it, it can be a lifesaver Truly. So, and uh, Animals Rural can't say enough good things about that. And I'll talk about uh, an event that I have coming up that will probably have passed by the time this comes out. Uh, but San Pedro Mills and Wills, uh, which is also another great organization. Mm-hmm. Their chef, Mike Cacavella, who's a legend in San Pedro, he runs this the Music by the Sea Festival. And when I had my first event, the Suicide Prevention Healing Ceremony, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm down. Like, I will support you. Like, I will donate the food. Like, I don't, I don't do free stuff up for anyone but for you I got you that's awesome that's <laughs> yeah. really cool so he's done all the events that I've done at the garden church yeah. just absolutely free and like I'm just like I want to get back to you I want to get back to your organization because like I feel indebted like I feel like I'm stealing at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to make sure that I take care of all three of these organizations they really help people not only who are low income but benefit the entire community yeah no. and they all deserve that appreciation especially feed and be fed because they're in the heart of downtown san pedro people walk 
uh, crossing every single day. I know like when I'm that first Thursday and like they had musical acts there as well, people were like coming in, they're eating, they're bringing their food in, they're enjoying themselves. Kids are running to the garden, people bring in their dogs. And it's just, it's, it's, it's like, it's a miracle. Like it's working. It's, 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 it's such a community space. So I want every single person not only listening to this podcast, but I'm going to be singing their praises everywhere I go. I'm going to be like a town crier with my <laughs> bell saying, come to feed and be fed. Doesn't matter if you're religious, doesn't matter, whatever. There's people who are volunteering there mm -hmm. that are just complete atheists so <laughs> it just please 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 yeah just come enjoy it it's you'll it'll change your life mm -hmm. because there's nothing else like this mm -hmm. in San Pedro so that's my pitch for the charities um, and like I said all three of them are amazing but <laughs> thank you so much for sharing I, I had yeah. no idea that something like this was here yeah and and the, the same feature honorary mayor it's been around for I think a couple of decades now actually the first honorary mayor I believe was uh, the person who used to run Silvio's bail bonds oh wow um, if you ever gone through um, to Channel Street that connects like uh, yeah. It's on the, the way to yeah, on pink. the way to Pacific. Yeah, yeah, that's like across the street from like the uh, the the, the uh, port. And right. Yeah. So it's a little pink like building, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like <laughs> close to Harbor Occupational Center. Shout out to them, mm -hmm. <laughs> even though I had a horrible experience with them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so everyone who's won has just been like an icon in San Pedro. So I want to. I know it's like sounds like egotistical, but I want to be a true leader in this in this community in san pedro because i travel the country i do all these things in my bio like like you read before mm -hmm. even if i'm speaking at a conference in uh, virginia like i make sure that's in my bio that i have proudly lived in san pedro my entire life i love that i love that because i think when people from here who go out and then proclaim the name of like la instead of yeah. san pedro it's like we miss out we miss out on that um i mean it took me it, it took me a while to really see that because i was one of those people who was like oh, i'm from la that was really because i didn't think people knew where pedro was but i think this is things like this is what's going to get it on the map and when people who get bigger and travel and you know do amazing speaking events like yourself outside of Pedro when they start saying that I'm from there you know yeah. that's awesome and I'm, I'm not leaving yeah. I'm not leaving San Pedro mm -hmm. okay no matter where my travels take me San Pedro is my home like yeah. I'm getting buried at I don't, Green Hill I don't see myself I don't see myself <laughs> leaving either yeah all. so I mean I, I so that's why I want to be a force to be reckoned with like mm -hmm. I also serve on the coastal San Pedro neighborhood council board mm -hmm. so like, I'm fully invested in this community so mm -hmm. no matter where this community goes like where where buildings come up buildings go down people come and go san pedro is my home i love it 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 i love if it san pedro was a person i kiss her right on the lips right now i'm gonna use that as a snippet for like my promo video <laughs> i really am i think i am um i, I want to start making a new promo video soon <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, well, that, you know, something I like to always ask my guests is, you know, about some of the current changes that are going on. What are some concerns that you have um, about some of the changes that you're seeing in Pedro? You know, I mean, you've probably heard this before, but I really am afraid that San Pedro will lose its small town, its small town charm. I mean, I've seen it happen in my, in my lifetime. Yeah. And people like to think that they're improving San Pedro, but it's a fine line. I look to places like Long Beach or even San Diego that are just, don't have character. Let's, I, I'm sorry, 
like they I mean there's still parts of it that like still maintain that but as far as downtown areas it's just like you got your Starbucks on every street you got your your black Angus you got all this stuff like I want I want J Trannies. I want um, Sirens Coffee. I want Sacred Grounds. I want these places to be around for generations. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want J Trannies to be replaced with a Black Angus. Mm -hmm. I don't want uh, Sirens to be replaced with a coffee bean and tea leaf. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely hear you. I'm not even hating on Starbucks and Coffee Bean because, like, they're a treat sometimes when I go out and about. But when I'm in Pedro, I want Sirens, you know? Yes. And that's why I'm also happy to hear that they've actually been offered a, a new space at the at the coming San Pedro Public Market, you know, as well as the Chori Man, which is really good news because I'm like, yeah. okay, good. You're not getting some, you know, bigger chain restaurants to come here. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe they are, but... I want them to to give our small businesses, our cherished small businesses. A yeah, I'm, I'm not against expansion. Like yeah. I get that you want tourists to come in, you want to make this place friendly, but I don't know if you've heard this word. And for me, if you if you lose out on the surliness mm -hmm. of San Pedro, mm -hmm. it's not San Pedro anymore. People might confuse that with rudeness or blah blah blah. It is an essential part of this community. It's like what people like Charles Bukowski and Mike Watt write about. Mm -hmm. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's San Pedro. Mm -hmm. That's what makes San Pedro San Pedro mm -hmm. is the surliness. Okay. okay? Can you give an example a little bit? I mean, it's I mean, it's just people just like saying it like it is and like <laughs> speaking their mind. It's right. people just like saying like I'm the San Pedro and I'm proud and like this is my hometown. Like if you don't like it, leave. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. It's about like it's 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 seriously like I'm not advocating for violence, but someone like if you have a problem with San Pedro, like you, you gotta be, yeah <laughs> yeah you got a problem with me. And it's like it's like we're we're like we're like like a mini Brooklyn basically. Like yeah. I've had people from Brooklyn come here. It's like oh my god, this is like almost like the same thing because people just do not care. Like if you mess with them, mm -hmm. and like we're not we're not gonna like take um, having our our town, our beautiful town, being made into something that's not lying down. That's mm -hmm. what I love about St. Peter. I I actually I completely agree with you on that because I think that's what's gonna that's what's gonna save our town and preserve our town, like our like our small town charm, like you said. You know, it's gonna preserve our history. It's people like that saying, "Uh, you want to do this." What? Yeah, and like, <laughs> excuse I, me, what? <laughs> I, I've been on two neighborhood council boards, and like I've seen pandemonium at these places when you try to change things, whether it's putting tiny houses and by the post office, whether it's putting high rises in the middle of downtown San Pedro, mm -hmm. all these other things, the San Pedro Public Market we're not going to take this line down. Yeah. That's what's happened with other communities mm -hmm. where they didn't go to the public meetings and all of a sudden they have a big oil pipeline running through their backyard. We're not going to let that happen. And that's what makes San Pedro San Pedro. Yeah, the I, I would I would have to agree with you about, about like the community involvement. Like people here are involved, you know, and they're plugged in. Um, I felt like I was missing that, and that's why I started this podcast. Is because like you know what, I need to find a way to learn more about my town, um, which people like you are teaching me. So I was so great, like glad you were able to come on. Okay, so on the opposite side, what are some things that are exciting you about the changes? Um, funny enough, the expansion. <laughs> like I, I, expansion concerns me. It also excites me. Yeah, I mean, it's the wood sword. Like I, I, I do miss Portugal, but then again, like how many times did I go to Portugal? Like it's like the same thing with the Williams Bookstore. It's like like it's uh gone in downtown San Pedro. We don't have a, a independent bookstore in San Pedro anymore. Um, but we have the the used bookstore, which which is great because they have Charles Bukowski stuff in there. Mm -hmm. But we let that happen. Mm -hmm. 
we didn't we didn't support a local business such a community asset where you can have authors in you can do readings mm -hmm. and we can't let that keep happening mm -hmm. but as far as uh, expansion goes it can be a good thing and we just have to be uh, we have to police it we mm -hmm. have to make sure that say sirens has a place down there as well at the public market that we have these local voices uh, being a part of the process every step uh, every step of the process from the moment it's announced mm -hmm. to when you break ground uh, hopefully I'll get to be at a ribbon cutting as honorary mayor for some of these things <laughs> but it can happen where you can have expansion you can have new businesses open and it being a benefit to the community because mm -hmm. as long as we have our mainstays as long as we have our secret grounds we still have our J trannies rest in peace Neil's pasta though that is a, that is that is a, a tragedy but there are certain parts, such as the corner store by um, Point Furman. Oh, yeah. Like, all these different places. As long as we have this, you can have expansions in other ways. I'm okay with that. Yeah, just don't, like, hurt our local treasures, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and it's, it's sad that Portugal Restaurant is not there right now. That is a tragedy. I, I, wish we, I agree. I wish we could have uh, avoided that tragedy, and hopefully it'll be resurrected in some way once the public market is fully running. I hope the optimist in me wants to say that. That's what we were told. But yeah, I mean, it's it's part of life. We have the, the land sink uh, by Paseo Del Mar. Mm -hmm. that's, that's just the way nature works, okay? Things come, things go. Like parts of San Pedro mm -hmm. are just going <laughs> to fall into the ocean. We have sunken city. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a reminder. Don't even get me that started is, on, like, natural disasters or, like, <laughs> things yeah, like that. that I've is, been, like, That is a reminder <laughs> that nothing is permanent. Yeah, that's okay? true. There will be a day where San Pedro will be in the ocean. Mm. Okay? So it's just part of the way the universe works. I'm but, cutting that part out. It's so true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So... There are things that are unavoidable, but we have to be diligent about these things. Yeah. We have to be careful to not tarnish and run the risk of just completely losing yeah. what makes San Pedro San Pedro, because yeah. it can happen. No, and I, I think it's, um, I think that you brought up a really good point. I think this is what I love about Pedro, too, is because I'm seeing so many passionate San Pedrans say, like, no, I'm going to have something to say about that, you know? <laughs> and yeah. we're active. We're speaking about it. Um, and having meetings about it, you know, they don't just lie on their back, like you said. So that is, that's something really proud. That That's something that makes me really proud to be from here. Yeah, like St. Pedro is the kind of place where you'll see your councilman like walking down the street and say like, you're a phony, like, blah, blah. <laughs> like you'll say, like, you'll, we'll say it like straight to your face, our elected leaders. Like, As we've seen. <laughs> yeah. All over Facebook and everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, that, that could be a good thing and a bad thing, but it just goes back to like, we're not going to take anything lying down. Like, yeah. No one, like any elected leader, anyone that's trying to change San Pedro, like you need full transparency because that's one hundred percent. Because we won't we won't put up with like that DC. We like, will find out. We don't put up with DC yeah. talk. There's, there's, there's a there's an old joke that if you fart on Western, everyone on Hard Boulevard will hear about it. <laughs> Uh, I actually, I, I mean, I see what you mean, just because it's uh, everything that happens on Western does get posted on the local <laughs> Facebook group. So, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? It's come in handy so many times because I'm like, okay, I guess I'm taking Gaffy, you know, <laughs> when I see it up on the Facebook group. Um, well, that's awesome. Uh, I think that brings us pretty much to a close, but I wanted to, you know, ask what are some things that you want to tell our listeners to go do to support you? Yes. So, uh 
I'm I'm Rudy Caceres. I'm running for San Pedro Honorary Mayor. I have some events coming up. Um, like I said, I, um, my doggy date night might already have uh, happened by the time this episode goes up. But what what day is it? February twenty third. Okay. So maybe that's his motivation to just post it today. I could just post it immediately. <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, most of these events will be at the Garden Church. Uh, this is February 23rd, Saturday, 7 p.m. Um, you can buy a meal for yourself, but also for your doggy. So $10 for humans, $5 for doggies. That is so cool. Yeah. And like all, all the events that I do from mm-hmm. now until June will benefit Feed and Be Fed, Animals Rural Rescue, and San Pedro Meals on Wheels. And if you want more information and want to stay up to date on all the cool things I have, I have a documentary screening of The S Word, which is a great award-winning film about suicide. The director will be there again at Feed and Be Fed Farm on 6th Street. Uh, that's March 9th, Saturday, 7 p.m. again. That'll be an amazing thing. Um, Rudy4Mayor.com. That's mm-hmm. my website. And you can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rudy Caceres. Instagram, Twitter, at Rudy Caceres. And if you see me on the street, I'm the guy always wearing black, so <laughs> you, you can't miss me. Or if you go to a Coastal San Pedro neighborhood council meeting, or I might just show up like at a women's neighborhood council meeting. You never know where, where I will show up. But if you see me, please say hi. And if you want to support these charities, whether it's like with me, like running for mayor, or if you want to give it to them directly, because no matter what, I want the money to go towards these organizations because mm-hmm. they deserve it. So, but if you do see me on the street, say hi. I like talking to people. I love running into people and say like, oh, you're that guy who does the videos or you're the guy running for honorary mayor. I'm a friendly guy. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. So be, don't be shy, guys. If you see him on the street, go ahead and say hi. Well, Rudy, thank you so much for being on the show. I was, it was such a pleasure to have you. And I think your message about mental health and everything that you're doing is so important and so needed. So thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, until next time. Yes, until next time. I'm sure there'll be a next time with all I, that you I, do. I have to like do another a great thing, another accomplishment. Yeah. So have me on. Where yeah. It's like a completely different thing. Like Rudy is like the first like Mexican in space or something like that <laughs> <in> Mars. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely. You have to do something notable. First, yeah, yeah. That'll for, be your challenge. Do something and then come back. I will go to Mars just to be on this episode, on this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Our first San Pedro in space will we'll proudly proclaim it. <laughs> Great. It's a deal. All right. See you next time. All right, listeners, you heard him. So we'll see you next week. Enjoy. everyone hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it i know i did big thank you to rudy caceres for being my awesome guest um and don't forget he is running for honorary mayor this episode is also brought to you by crypto space san pedro's very own local cryptocurrency lounge learn more at cryptospaceus.com all right everyone have a wonderful and romantic valentine's day see you next week